You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. The Word of God is amazing, isn't it? And when we really hear from the Lord, God speaks to us and we obey that Word, it is transforming. When we obey God, it has a ripple effect that never stops. Are you listening to me? When we obey God, when God speaks to us a word, I'm not saying, okay, the Bible obviously is our principle, it's our standard. But when God directs our lives to take steps and to do things that are way outside of our comfort zone, and we, get, we feel weak when we do that, we feel unable to do it. But when we take the steps to obey the Lord in our weakness, God begins to move. And when we stay steady in what God tells us, he begins to move even more. I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm excited about being here at Gateway because I know that, you know, God is building the church all over the world. All over the, the, the planet, he's building the church. So I always like to remind people, you're a part of a very large family. You guys get it? You're a part of a very large family. I mean, it, and so whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing as a, as a family, as a person, as a church, God is so much bigger than that. Um, we love what we do in South America, what God's doing in South America. Uh, God kind of called us back to youth ministry over 10 years ago to take a ministry that a, a single lady had planted in Argentina. And I go, I know nothing about this particular ministry. So what do you do? Pray, seek God, God give me your strategy, and then begin to walk in that strategy of the Lord. And I'll tell you what, the thing about the moving of the Spirit is that it has to stay fresh and new in your life. In other words, we don't change direction. God gives us a direction, but it's, it's a refreshing and a renewing every day. Uh, we just want to give you this morning a, basically a shareholder's report. What's going on? It's so hard to compress you know, these last four and a half years into even a morning because there's just like literally so many people's lives have been transformed in these last four and a half years. Just to start out with this, um, there, what does this mean? 550 million for the other five. There are 660 million people that live in Latin America and the Caribbean. 110 million of them know Jesus. There are 550 million people in Latin America and the Caribbean do, that do not know Jesus. We have a population of about 44 million in Argentina. Argentina's experienced tremendous revival in the past, but don't think that there's like not tremendous need in our nation. There is tremendous need in our nation. We live in a city of 15 million people. We used to pastor in the UP in a town of 2,000. Now we live in a, a, a city of 15 million for these last 15 years. I'm not necessarily in my comfort zone. I can hardly hear on my cell phone in my backyard because of the airplane traffic and freeway traffic. Okay, I'm giving you the reality of my life. But you know what? To be in the middle of God's will and to obey him is where the fruit always is. It's not where we feel comfortable or where we feel like that we can just relax. It's where God places us, and when we stay there, great things happen. April 25th, the Lord dropped in our heart that we needed an activation manual for our leaders. And so um, this is in Spanish and in English now in, in just a couple months. The Spanish version is coming out in Argentina um, in just a week or two. So 
if you guys are interested in those, we have some in the back with us, or else is also on Amazon for $15. So, and also, if you're an intercessor, will you please take one of our cards? You keep us alive. I am not kidding. We do not take you for granted. There are so many times when we'll have a near miss on the, on the highway, and I'll think, someone prayed. Someone was praying. <coughs> or, or other things. There's, we have a very violent areas in our city, and we have angels that, I mean, the Lord just answers prayers all the time. So we do not take your prayers for granted. Please put us on your refrigerator or in your refrigerator, wherever you will see us more, <laughs> and pray for us. <coughs> so we've got lots and lots of good stories for you. This, mostly what's in here are a lot of stories. It's um, activations with, with stories of how kids and teenagers are doing it. And so if kids and teenagers can do it, piece of cake for adults, right? right. Well, we'll see. Let's go on to the first person. I want to talk about Gaston. Now, Gaston, he was, um, <coughs> when he was in his mother's womb, his father decided he didn't want a baby, and so he took off. He crossed the border into Paraguay and started a family there. Well, when Gaston was 13 years old, the dad thought, well, I wonder what my kid looks like. So he came back, visited him for like 10 minutes, said, I don't want you, and left again. Gaston was raised by his mother and, um, and his sisters and his mother because she was so hurt by her, his father. Anytime Gaston would do something that would remind her of him, she would take it out on him. When he was seven years old was the first time he was kicked out of his home. He had misplaced the scissors, so she threw him and his backpack out. And uh, later on, the sister found him and brought him back. And, but he, no matter... No matter what, he was never secure throughout his whole childhood. He didn't know when the next time was going to be that he was thrown out. He was um, kicked out for the last time when he was 18 years old on a day when Argentina celebrates their male child, 18th birthday, big deal in, in Argentina. Um, Gaston was thrown out of his house for the last time. So uh, uh, one of the ladies in the church, she took him in, and he had been attending church. That was kind of his lifeline. And <coughs> he, had a lot of, he had a lot of confusion in his heart and in his head, like who was he? He didn't feel like he was important in any, uh, any way. He didn't know how to act like a guy because anytime he would act like a guy, his mom would, would um, really um, castigarlo, would punish him. And so it was just really rough on him. And what he, one of his pastors had been on our staff. In fact, he might have been there when you were there. His name was Gabby. And um, Gabriel was there, and, and he looks at Gaston, and he started working with him, and he called us, and he said, I think Gaston should come to your ministry school. And so Gaston, last year was our first EFX, or um, Escuela de uh, Formación, it's the School of Extreme Formation. And he was one from one of our first graduating classes. And I remember the class that probably was the, that changed his life. We had a visiting speaker who was talking about identity. And he said to Gaston, he s or he said to all the kids, he said, now we're just going to be quiet and we're just going to listen. And we're going to ask God to show us what lies we're believing about ourselves. So they got real quiet. Now it's hard to know what lies you're believing because many times they have become truths to us. And if you think about that, there's things in our lives that, that are not lined up with the word of God, but we still believe them about ourselves. Sometimes we believe we're less than the person next to us. That is not what the word of God says, but because of a lie that we have listened to, it becomes part of our reality. 
So it was hard for Gaston to hear the lies because those were kind of truths for him. But as he got real quiet and the Lord began to speak, and Rich, the speaker, he began to ask different people, okay, what's a lie that the Lord showed you you're believing? And then he would make them say the truth. When he got to Gaston, he said, Gaston, <coughs> he said, tell us the lies that you're believing. It's hard for Gaston because they weren't really lies to him. They were the his reality. And he said, I'm a failure. He said, I'm, I'm not important. And I'm ugly. And so Rich said, okay, Gaston. He said, first of all, he looked at the class and he said, I want everyone to just laugh at the enemy because those lies are ridiculous. So I want, and so they're like, ha ha. He goes, no, I mean it. Think about that. The devil's telling him he's ugly. The devil's telling me he's not important. That's just ridiculous. And so he made the class laugh at the lies of the enemy. And when that happened, something began to shift inside of Gaston. When he, they begin to make fun of the lies, all of a sudden it's like something cracked on the inside and, and the truth started to leak out. And so Rich said, okay, Gaston, now declare the truth. Declare the truth. You are able. You are important. You're good looking. Gaston said, I'm able. I'm important. I'm good looking. No, do it like you mean it. He made him. And so Gaston said, I'm able. I'm important. And I'm good looking. And you know what? The Holy Spirit just descended in that place. And he said, say it again. He says, I'm able. I'm important. I'm good looking. And even more, the, it's like the Holy Spirit, the, the, it just grew. I mean, his presence was so strong. And he made him say it again. And as he said it, people got up out of their seats and started hugging Gaston and said, yeah, you're able. You're important. You're good looking. And they just, it was the most precious time in the Lord. And something changed inside of Gaston. And now he's working on our staff. He's reaching other kids that feel like they are not important, that they're ugly, that they're less. And let me tell you, he is in, we took you, did we take you into that neighborhood that was, I mean, they're full of little monsters. These little kids, these little kids have raised themselves, and they are scary. And, I mean, they'll throw rocks. I, I mean, it's, they're, but. We took them into that neighborhood, and we're evangelizing that neighborhood. We have about 80 people right now, 80 kids and teenagers in that neighborhood that we're reaching every week. And it's incredible because when Gaston goes in there, his class is waiting for him with notebooks. I mean, I couldn't even believe it when I heard this. But he has such a, a rapport with these kids. And not only that, we're sending him all over the nation, and he's teaching teenagers what God says, and he's breaking the lies all over the place. So, hallelujah. Amen. So as we're sharing this, you know, maybe you're believing a lie. Maybe there's a lie, even if you've been a Christian 40 years, 50 years, that you're believing something about yourself that is not true. You know, God wants to break the lies off of our lives. He wants us to live in the truth. The truth sets us free. And what is the truth? When Jesus comes to us and reveals the truth to us in his word, we are set free. We are not bound. So I want to say this. There are no mistakes here this morning. Maybe you've made a ton of mistakes in your life, but there are no mistakes that's sitting in this room. Everybody has been ordained to be on this planet. You are not a failure. You are not ugly. You are important to God. Jesus loves you. And as, and as you guys get this into your, into your heart, it begins to change your perspective. Gaston, 
uh, we, we worked out a few. I'm, I'm a kind of I'm a tool guy, construction guy part of the time. Anyways, yeah, among one of the hats that I wear in Gaston, we worked on some of our first construction projects together. And I remember handing him, you know, a finish nailer. And he was watching me nail some things together and I handed him a finish nailer and it was like I handed him the presidential football. Like, oh my God, what do I do with this? You know, this I said, no, just don't put your finger near that end over there. You know, just, you know, and, and go ahead. What we say in, in our ministry to these young people, you're in a laboratory here. Go ahead and make a mistake. We don't say sin. Go ahead and make a mistake. It's okay to try. We're not going to knock you down for trying. You know, if that would be our attitude in the body of Christ, you know, go ahead. I don't mean sin. I mean, but go ahead and try to obey God. And if you make a mistake, we're going to help you get through it. How about that? Isn't that great? And, and, and so the Lord has done amazing things at Gaston. We really, uh, this little, this little, uh, well, I was going to say monobloc, this little project that's next to where our ministry center is, we're right in the middle of the city. It's, it's basically a, a, a project that has about 9,000 people in it. And second and third generation um, drug addicts, uh, literally thieves. Every, but when these people now in this project that is right there next to our ministry center, they protect us. Like years ago, all of my staff had been held up or robbed. My daughters were held up at gunpoint one o'clock in the afternoon. And all of our staff now, when they go in that, into that area with their castle shirt on, no, we want you people to be here because we want our kids to have an, another opportunity at life. Isn't that amazing? That's what the gospel does. That's what Jesus does. We're still in that big warehouse, by the way. I have a giant roof that leaks like crazy. But you know what? That building has killed me. You know why? Because people are more important. You know what I mean? It, we, the Lord has helped us. We continue moving forward. We need tools I'm so thrilled about your new building down the road. That's awesome. But that's a tool to reach people, isn't it? So let's let's fill that puppy up uh, four or three or four times on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> so let's go to our next person real quickly. Um, and this is this is Malena. Malena is an amazing young lady. I think she's 19 or 20. I'm not good at keeping track of all her ages. But Malena, when she was uh, uh, she was brought up at home, her and her brother and her mom and dad, and her dad was schizophrenic. And when he was on his meds, he was doing good, but, you know, he got off his meds. He didn't like the way he felt. When she was 12 years old, her dad uh, threw himself in front of a train in Buenos Aires and took his own life. And Melina, she really hooked up with Castle in her church and really began to get this whole thing. We talk a lot about identity, that we're sons and daughters of the living God. Do you know that's who you are before you're like a churchgoer or anything else? You're a son or a daughter. You know, you have, you have God's last name. Isn't that amazing? He, had, he took you into his family, and like he's proud that you're in his family. He's not embarrassed about you. Isn't that kind of cool? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and Malena, when she began to just walk in her identity, know the Lord, we, we, we had her come on staff, and she was just new on staff, and we went to a church, and we knew that, you know, there's probably other survivors of suicide in the room. And his church and said, listen, Melena, would you be willing to share your testimony? We, we know what she was going to say. She gets up and she goes, listen, this is what happened to me. I just shared the story with you. And she looks at everybody. She goes, don't look at me with sympathy. I am not a victim. I am, a, I am an overcomer. 
God has given me identity, my identity. He's my father. I mean, he has, he has taken care of me. It wasn't like poor Malena. You know what? Jesus, when he comes into our life, he does an amazing thing in our life. And he continues to. Isn't that good? So with Malena, just as she is an overcomer, she travels all over the country also. She is a very sharp young lady, just really loves the Lord with all of her heart. We're privileged to have her on our staff with us. So there are no victims in this room. You are not a victim. Something happened to you, go to the cross with it. Say, Jesus, so-and-so treated me wrong. This isn't working for me. How do you want me to get through this? Because the Bible says that through that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ. And this new version I'm reading says I can do all things through the explosive power of Christ. I love that. You are not a victim. You are only a victim if you choose to be. But Jesus has made you a conqueror. So when Melena said, hey, I'm a warrior, I loved that. I cried. I was sitting in the front row. Ooh, you know, I just thought it was so precious because she is an overcomer. I see that every day. And sure, she has times when she has to work through things. She still has times of sadness. She still, every once in a while, she'll have to go through another healing. But you know what? Her overcoming Jesus is with her with every step of the way. And she is amazing. Okay, we're going to go one more. <coughs> or at least one more. Mario. So Mario was sitting at our kitchen table not too long ago, just before we came. He'd gone on a missions trip with Kim, and uh, he's uh, really good with his hands, and we were talking to him about maybe helping out in Castle. Even though he's now at the Bible school, he goes to the same church that we do when we're not out ministering. And so we said to Mario, listen, if we have a problem with Castle, can you fix? Yeah, 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 no problem. And he looked at Kim, and he said, Kim, I don't know if you remember this, but I was in Castle. Now, you have to un understand we have, you know, between 1,500 and 2,000 teenagers and then, and then another 1,000 or 2,000 kids in, at, all, at all times, and they're always getting older. I don't know if that happens to you, but our kids grow up and leave, and then new ones come in, so they're always changing. And they do not look the same when they were 12 as when they are 17 and 20, you know. And so this kid looks at Kim, and he says, Kim, I don't know if you remember, but I was in Castle. Kim looked at him and said, Really? He said, yeah, I wasn't in one of the AG ones. I was, I was in a, another denomination because we let anyone that loves the Holy Spirit, we let them into castle because we think, hey, we just want to help you out. So anyway, he says, you know, I was there, and I was going through a really hard time, and I'd come to a castle event, and I was, I was at the place where I was really thinking, should I stay or should I just forget this whole life because I just can't seem to do it the way I wanted to. And so he said, I, I came up to the altar at the altar call, and, and I'm standing there saying, God, I don't even know if you really exist. God, if you exist, will you just give me a hug? And he said, Kim, I opened my eyes, and you were in front of me, and you were hugging me. He said, I felt God's hug, and I knew that God had answered my prayer. And that's one of the reasons I'm in Bible school right now. I mean, whoa. We, he was, we were both just so shocked. You know, and, and one of the things that um, when Kim tells a story, I love that because he'll say, you know, sometimes we feel like I don't have much to give God. I don't feel like I'm really a charismatic person or I don't feel like I'm really have a whole lot of, whole lot of um, skills to offer God. But let us ask you this. Do you have a hug? Do you have a hug left? I'll tell you, grandmas and grandpas, be grandmas and grandpas of this generation. 
moms and dads, please adopt some more. I'm not saying physically. I'm saying spiritually. When you see a kid that walks in, say, hey, what's your name? Wow, you, I'm so glad you're here. And then the next time you see him, say, hey, what has God been talking to you about? Me? Yeah, because didn't you know God loves to talk to kids? Kids can hear God. Really? Yeah, I'm going to ask you next week so you listen to God, okay? I'm telling you, we do that. Sometimes our, we have a wonderful staff. And they're always doing the hard stuff with the kids. I mean, they run with them. They do the games. They do. But what Kim and I get to do many times, we get to do the ministry part, which is really fun. And sometimes they do everything except I just hug kids coming in and going out. And they love us. I mean, we talk funny. We're old. And they don't even care because we love them. If you let your love, if you let your love flow out, you're going to have so many kids in here because kids don't have, they don't have a lot of that anymore. They don't have a lot of security. I'll tell you, people come to the castle. They come into, a, into our youth groups because that's the only safe place in their world. And you know what? In the Muskegon area, you may be the only safe place for some of the kids and teenagers. It used to be home was, was a refuge. Not anymore. Home can, can just be a war zone now. Please be a safe place. Hug your kids. Talk to them. And I'm telling you, that's for every age. We face the same problems in Argentina that you face here. Um, I, this is not on the list, Sherry, but I felt like I'm supposed to throw this story in here. Um, a few years ago, a young man was going through a one of our training weekends to come into the ministry. And... Um, Let's just say this. He had chosen another gender. We didn't know anything about this. We just come got a guy coming from another church, and he, he tells our leader, this is who I am. And I go, okay, I can sit down and talk. So I was like two hours just talking and asking him questions. Five brothers in the family, no relationship with his dad. Fourteen years old. And in my series of questions that the Holy Spirit was giving me, I asked him, did somebody abuse you? Uh, yeah, when I, and he, he was like, hardly ever looked me in the eye this whole time, you know. When I was seven years old, and did that happen more than once? Yeah, lots of times. Family member, yeah, but then didn't, we didn't go into all the details of all this stuff. So the same stuff that we face in Argentina, that same darkness, like I'm not going to ignore that darkness. I want to confront that darkness with the love of Jesus. And, as I and even, in, even in the school, in front of the entire class, this kid's teachers would say, this is who this guy is. And so we talked. We, we <laughs> I said, we love you, but this, this is the... And he renounced all that because he never was able to ever talk about that ever before in his life until that moment. That kid, in a couple of months, he was on a missions trip into another province. And they said, hey, did you see this guy? He's here. I said, no, I didn't see him. I couldn't even, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, a year later. I couldn't even recognize this young man because he was so transformed by, the, by finding out who he really was. So what am, I, what am I saying? Don't be afraid of sin. 
I mean, I'm not telling you say go sin. I'm not saying that. But don't be afraid of sin. Don't be afraid when people walk in the, the doors of your church that have massive need because Jesus is bigger than it all. He is so much bigger. So, you know, as, as those people come, because as Sherry said, this is a safe place. And it will continue to be a safe place. This is going to be a place of transformation. This building, the other building, you know. But most of all, you are the people that bring that transformation. And you really have to believe that Jesus wants to do amazing things. This is our staff, 2018. Everybody travels around the country except the the one with the four legs down there in the corner. Um, love these. Love this group of people. Really have walked with them through so many things. Anyways, God's God's so good. Sure, you want to talk about them a little bit? They're just amazing. They're every one of them. They're every, any given weekend, they're out corralling between, you know, 20 and 100 or more teenagers. And these kids come in, you know, and they're just, Aw. and by the time they leave, they're just in tears or on the floor. I mean, just give them two days with their kids and just the Holy Spirit just goes after them. And then we just see transformations. We hear stories. They take them out on the streets and do miracles on the streets with them. And it's just, it's just awesome. Okay, go to the next one. See, this is our shareholders report. You guys are the investors. No good investor will keep investing if they don't know if they're getting any returns, right? So this is just some of your returns. These kids were the ones that were with Gaston in the first, in the first um, EFX school. Our daughter is four in. Her name's Becky, and she's little, but she's powerful. And uh, <coughs> uh, every one of them have amazing stories. It's just, but this is this is what your money is is turning out. Every one of these kids are doing ministry right now. They're you know, and one they're they're working with their youth groups. They're working with the kids in their churches. Some of them are um, go on their way to Bible school. Uh, it's just Heidi, the little gal in the uh, like grayish sweatshirt and what is it fuchsia? Fuchsia is that the color? Shirt. She is in Lima running another school right now doing an amazing job. She has her law degree. Uh, she, she served with us for a, a, like a year and a half and is, has a call to go to India. So uh, really cool stuff. Simone is over here studying medicine on the far, your far left. Simone, uh, when he came to, to, do you want me to share the story or not? I could share it real quickly. Okay. <laughs> when, he came to, when he came to EFX, he never could get along with his dad, never could enter the same house without arguing about something. So his, his family is about two and a half hours flying time away from Buenos Aires to the south, way, in the, way down to Patagonia. Um, long story short, he spent a year with us, had a lot of character formation, a lot of conflicts, a lot of just sandpaper, you know, just really rough uh, clashing. God did some amazing things in his life. About two months ago, Simone called me, and he was crying on the phone. He says, I, my dad was just in a car accident. And... Uh, he said, they called me back about half an hour later, said my dad died in a car accident. And long story short, Simone, what happened in his heart in EFX is I totally believe in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, you know, the Lord is going to send the prophet Elijah who's going to re return the hearts of the fathers of the children of the children to the fathers, lest I strike the earth with a, with, with a curse, the Bible says. And so Simone the Lord heals his relationship with his dad. And, I, and the day before his dad was died, killed in a car accident, they had an hour conversation on the phone. 
course, this is a series of the Lord's healing over many, many, over, over the course of a year and a half. And he said, my dad was pastoring a church with my mom and, you know, at, uh, way out in the country. He said, my dad and I had the best communion on that telephone call that we've ever had. And when I heard that, I thought, okay, Lord, that, that, that life right there is worth it to me. If that's the only testimony I had to share this morning, that's, that's worth it to me. Because his dad went on to be, he went, went on to heaven, but with his relationship healed with his, with his son. So I want to speak that over you guys. God's going to heal families. A place of healing, gateway, a place where families come back together. A place where Jesus does a mighty work in the hearts of so many people. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's keep on going. This is our this year's staff, our, uh, I'm sorry, EFX school, and um, oh, they have so many. The book, uh, so many of the stories have come out of the last two EFX, probably half, and the other one's out of the other things going on at Castle, but just, just awesome things with each one of them. Let's go on to the next one here. We're going to go a little quicker now on this. This is our big, this is a hanger that he called it. Um, this leaks like a sieve. I mean, when it when it rains, the kids are moving their chairs around to try to <laughs> miss the rain. It's, it's pretty funny. But um, on the other side, we have we do have dorms and we have a, a little chapel through those doors right there. And it's just it's a pretty cool place for teenagers. Go on to the next one here. Um, <clears throat> In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, says God. That's Acts chapter two. Is anybody here not flesh? Is anybody here not? And another version it says, on the last days I'll pour out my, my spirit on all people. It says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Is anyone here that's not a son or not a daughter? No, it's everybody. You're all candidates. And this last days outpouring is not going to be little drops here and there. It's going to be a gully washer. It's going to just flood. Get ready, church. You know, my, your other one may not be big enough when this thing gets going. Go to the next one here. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. This is good news. That means when you go to the grocery store, the Holy Spirit gets to go to the grocery store. When you go out to eat, the Holy Spirit gets to go out to eat. He loves restaurants. <laughs> he loves them. Because there's people in the restaurants that need to see what Christianity is really like. He loves to go to Walmart. When you guys go to Walmart, be sure that you're realizing the Holy Spirit's in you wanting to touch people in Walmart. 70-year-old woman's in Walmart, and the cashier is going through. The lady was in front of her, had, had bought some aspirin. She picks it up. She goes, oh, I need that. Just before she went the beep, you know, she looked at oh, I need that. I've had a headache for two days. Little 70-some-year-old lady reaches over and says, be healed in Jesus' name. And the lady goes, what? <laughs> and, then, and then she moves her head around. She goes, it's gone. It's gone. But the best part is this. The lady behind the 70-year-old grabs the lady's hand and said, heal me. Pray for me. Pray for me. <clears throat> That's Walmart. That's Jesus. You're right. <clears throat> That's Jesus in Walmart. Let me tell you. Jesus wants to use you more than just on Sunday mornings in church. This is just your, your rehearsal for what you do out there. I mean, and if you're a little nervous about doing it in your neighborhood, go to Grand Rapids and practice there. It's okay. They won't know who you are. We tell our kids, practice, practice. We call it crossing the chicken line, you know, because 
on this side I'm normal, but once I cross that chicken line, you know, my, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm walking on the water with Jesus. But that's where the power is over there, and that's where the cool stories are over there, and that's where the testimonies of Jesus' power is on the other side of your comfort zone. And the only way to get out of the comfort zone is take the Holy Spirit with you. Don't go by yourself. Holy Spirit wants to go with you. He's got so many adventures planned for you. I just believe he has lists of them. And we miss them because we're so focused on our schedule. I got to get here. I got to hurry here. I got to go there. And we walk by all these opportunities that the Holy Spirit's been planning for us. And so let's keep going because this is one of the, in these last days, we need the Holy Spirit. Keep going. And Father God is pleased to pour him out upon every child who asks. There's not one person that the, Holy, that the Lord does not want to give the Holy Spirit to. Let's go to the next one. I love this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? He's the best father. You know, there's not a father here. If your kid says, Daddy, I'm so hungry. Will you please give me some food? Eh, here's a scorpion. There's not a one of you. Even on your bad days, you wouldn't do that, right? Even when you're feeling grumpy. But Jesus, but Father God, anyone that says, Father God, I want the Holy Spirit, please baptize me in the Holy Spirit, he's not going to say, no, I don't think so, not you. You say, well, why does it take time? I don't know. But he will give it as we ask for it. Okay? And keep going. <coughs> Three reasons why people don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. First one is they haven't been taught. My dad got baptized in the Holy Spirit by accident. He went to a full gospel businessmen's meeting, and they were saying, hey, if you want more of God, come up. He went up. He said, God, I want more of you, and I want this thing they're talking about, and boom, the Holy Spirit. I mean, he said, he said I, I just surrender my tongue, and, and he went right into tongues. Well, in my denomination where we were going to church, they said that was of the devil. So when he came home talking, uh, it, oh, that was scary. My dad gone to the devil. <laughs> I was 11 years old. And we were worried, my mom and I, until we saw that Dad started acting like Jesus. Three months later, he's having all the fun. We're still doing all the do's and don'ts, but he's having all the fun. And I was, I was sold. Jesus, I want this. I had no clue. Nobody knew how to tell me how to receive it. I was waiting for him to just, you know, a ray of, of lightning. It didn't happen. I didn't realize that I have to open my mouth. I have to receive it by faith. Open my mouth. I have to begin to speak. Even if I don't know what I'm doing, any sound. And so when I finally got a little pamphlet that told me how to do it, man, I got it right away. He will give it to, uh, now I don't have the gift of tongues because people say, well, I don't have the gift of tongues. Well, I don't either. But I have the gift of the Holy Spirit that's promised to everybody. The gift of tongues is one of the other things that you use in the church with, the, with interpretation. I've never done that. But I pray in tongues all the time. You know why? Because that's what activates the supernatural life. That's the door to the supernatural. Keep going. Sometimes unforgiveness. I remember Sally couldn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. She wanted it so bad. And so finally everyone left, and she said to Kata, I have to have this. And with a word of knowledge, Kata said, honey, do you need to forgive somebody? <sighs> yeah, my mom. Okay. Yeah, she beats me every time I come to the church. But I have to come to the church because that's where I hear about Jesus, and I need Jesus. 
well, sweetheart, are you willing to forgive your mom? Yeah. If that means I can get the Holy Spirit, yes, I forgive my mom. And there was somebody else she had to forgive too. And as soon as she said, I forgive, she went into tongues. So sometimes, you know, Holy Spirit doesn't want to share us with unforgiveness. He wants all of us. <laughs> and sometimes there's a different sin that might be specific. He's saying, give me that. And you're going, uh-uh, not this one. No, I want that. No, not that. That's usually the thing, too, that he might want. Something that if we're just holding on to it. But you know what? He doesn't expect us to be perfect to get baptized in the Holy Spirit because that's what the Holy Spirit's all about, to help make us holy like Jesus. Okay, and the last one is this, <coughs> and this is probably 90%. They're believing a lie of the enemy. You're too old. You're too young. You're too, it's not for you. It's for everybody else, but not for you, whatever. But there's lots and lots and lots of lies. Okay, let's go to the one more. Milagros was told by the enemy that she was too young to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit until one of our castle kids came. And they said, no, you're not. This is for you. And they prayed over the kids. And she said, okay, Jesus, please baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I'm not too young. I can have this. And the Lord just, boom, and she got her code language between. And I say praying in, in tongues is the best tool you can have. When you don't know what to do, just pray in the Spirit. When you're scared, pray in the Spirit. When you're happy, pray in the Spirit. When you don't know the words of the song because they're singing in Spanish, pray in the Spirit. Sing in the Spirit. It works wonders. And you know what? It opens the door to all kinds of things. I was just talking to a guy, and, and he said, oh, that's your, that's your solution to everything, praying in the Spirit. I said, it is, and I wish I would have figured it out earlier because it's an awesome thing. It's my code language between me and God that the enemy can't mess with. Let me tell you, it's powerful. And so, oh, yeah, so she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. She went home. Her mom fainted the next, she had a problem with her blood pressure. She had fainted, and she really hurt herself, and she stopped breathing. So her dad went to get something, to smelling salts or something, and, and the Holy Spirit said, Milagros, pray in the Spirit. And so she started to pray over her mama. Boom, her mom woke right up. And before when that happened, she would be real disoriented. And, but she knew immediately, she said, Milagros, I feel like God is hugging me. And so she got her up, and she said, oh, but my knee is so sore. And what had happened when she had fainted, she banged her knee, and it was starting to already swell. And the Holy Spirit said, Milagros, put your hand on that knee and pray in the Spirit. So she put her hand on it, she started praying in the Spirit. And, and the swelling just went right down. And she said to me, Sherry, I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. It's for everybody. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to wrap up. We hope you guys weren't bored this morning with these stories. <laughs> we have tons of stuff. Please get the book. More for you. Uh, everything, all the proceeds for this book go right back into Castle Ministries in Argentina. Just what God has, has uh, called us to do there. Um, but really want to encourage you guys this morning. If you're not a son or a daughter, you are all sons and daughters. But if you don't know who your father is this morning. Father God who sent his only son for you to make a way to you to become a son and a daughter. If you, don't, if, you aren't, if you don't know who you are this morning, I want you to come up. We want to pray with you. Come into the kingdom. Come into the family. Awesome. Awesome morning to be able to do that. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been a Christian for years and you go like, wow, I don't, I don't know what Sherry's talking about. I, I don't get this. Not mystical, not weird. 
It is the most amazing thing because it opens up a whole door as to what God, how God can use you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This morning, if you need healing, uh, we got a couple things with that. I, I got that uh, somebody has a problem with their spine um, right between their shoulder blades. I believe it's a it's like a curvature of the spine, uh, higher in their back, not down low, but higher in their back, right between their shoulder blades. Uh, God wants to straighten that out. We've seen lots of scoliosis healed. Um, what I love more is when teenagers do this and kids do this. I wish they were here right now today to do this with you guys, to pray for you guys. Uh, because it's not about a person, it's about Jesus that does the healing. Okay, sure. And uh, there's a woman that has pain in her left breast, and the Lord wants to heal that today too. So we're going to be over here just waiting on, if you want prayer, come over here, and um, Pastor Bruce is going to continue on with this. Thank you, guys. Thank you for letting us be here this morning, and thank you for your love and support. Can we do this? Can we do this, church? Can we stand to our feet this morning? And if that is, in fact, you or, again, you, you, you're questioning things or, like, you, you, maybe you don't have a relationship with, with Jesus, it's a perfect opportunity to receive him, to receive healing. Um, so we're going to open these altars up, and we're just going to be sensitive to that. Um, after I, I say a prayer, you, you're more than welcome to, to, to be dismissed. And, but for those of you that want to come up to this altar, man, there's power in this altar. There's power in those moments. So I'll make myself available. The Babcocks will make themselves available. And uh, so let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you again this morning. We're just so thankful for these uh, two individuals, this couple, Lord God, that you have commissioned, that you have sent to do your work, Lord Jesus. And as they come back to visit us here at the Gateway Church, I'm just grateful for their inspiration, for their encouragement, Lord God, for the stories that they've shared to empower us, Lord God. I think that is what your purpose was this morning, Lord Jesus, to encourage us, to share with us, to partner with us, to empower us, Lord God, that we wouldn't just leave it here, but we would take it with us out of these doors, Lord God, into our communities, our homes, our families, our workplaces, Lord God. So as we leave, we just ask, oh, God, be with us. Lord, protect us, guide us. Lord, God, continue to work within us, within our hearts, Lord Jesus. We ask all of this, Lord God, in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Have a good rest of your morning. Again, we're going to open this altar up and make ourselves available for prayer for any of those that are in need of that. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.